0: Thank you for tuning in to Voice of Islam, Jamaica. The following is a recorded program of a live show. Please do not call in, but feel free to send messages on our WhatsApp line at 876-283-9533.
1: Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. May the peace and blessings of God be unto you. Hello, dear listeners. Welcome to Voice of Islam. Here at Voice of Islam, we seek to educate the general public on issues, questions, and concerns that they may have about their religion of Islam. I am your host, Imam Ibrahim Fawcett. Voice of Islam is sponsored by the Ahmadiyya Muslim community here in Jamaica. And for the sake of the new listeners, the Ahmadiyya Muslim community is one of the over 70 denominations in Islam this community believes in the advent of the promised Messiah that is the reformer of the age, in the person of His Holiness Mirza Gulam Ahmed. Spread across over 200 countries, the Ahmadiyya Muslim community rejects any form of violence and believes in the peaceful coexistence with God's creation. Our motto has always been love for all and hatred for none. In the course of the program, if you wish to send in your comments and questions, please do so by way of WhatsApp, and the number to contact is 8762839533. And also a reminder that in the course of the program, if you meet us midway and you want to enjoy the full program, just go to voiceofislamjamaica.com. That is one word voice of islam jamaica.com and you would be glad you did everything will be there this episode and also previous episodes will be available at your disposal on voice of islam today i should say i am extremely delighted to have two esteemed missionaries of the ahmedia muslim community who would join me to discuss the importance of fasting in religion Last week, those of you who were with us, as we said, we have entered the Islamic holy month of Ramadan, during which Muslims all over the world observe uh, one month fasting. And since we are still in the month, we are taking a look at the importance of fasting. So to introduce my guest, um, the one on the first list is Imam Tahir uh, Guraya who is the missionary in charge of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community in Cayman Islands. Imam Tahir graduated from our missionary institution in UK in 2017 and was appointed to serve the community in Cayman in 2018. Before that, he served also briefly in um, Vancouver in Canada. Imam Tahir, if you can hear me, assalamu alaikum Wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu and welcome to Voice of Islam.
0: Assalamu alaikum wa wa barakatuhu to yourself and all the viewers of Voice of Islam today. Thank you for having me today with your program and uh, jazakallah.
1: Yes, and um, the next uh, person who is also a familiar, um, a familiar personality to Voice of Islam is Imam Tariq Azim, president and missionary in charge of the Ahmadiyya. Muslim community here in Jamaica, Imam Tariq, if you can hear me, assalamu alaikum wa Wa
2: alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa May peace and blessings be upon you and all the listeners.
1: So gentlemen, as I said, um, today we are taking a look at the importance of fasting in religion. Basically, fasting is a very important um, item on um, the religious calendar of Islam and from reading through other scriptures we find that some other religions also had fasting in them however along the way they might not appear to be active as it is in islam but um imam um, tahir let me ask you how is ramadan going in Cayman island particularly the fasting and also keeping in view the global global pandemic um i.e coronavirus how are you uh, merging everything in um, Cayman Islands?
0: Yes, and jazakallah. once again. May the peace and blessings of Allah be upon all of you. Thank you. Um, just as we are aware, this pandemic has uh, left no country untouched. Um, but just like all the other countries, and when we look across the spectrum, all religious organizations are, are, are ordered by the government that they cannot commune or congregate in one building. So therefore, just like everywhere else, and I'm pretty sure in Jamaica as well, the Ahmadiyya Muslim community in the Cayman Islands is not congregating, but we are taking advantage of platforms like Zoom or online WhatsApp to make sure our our, our membership is taken care for and everyone is, is counseled and guided during this blessed month of Ramadan. So everyone is still fasting. Uh, We are in our homes, we are in curfew, but we are keeping in touch and another blessing I would say that uh, in disguise you would if you want to label it that this is a blessing in disguise that we are now attached to other communities all across the world. Now through the blessings of internet and the 21st century The members of Cayman Islands are joining with the members of Jamaica. And we are joining with the members of Belize who are joining with the members of North America, South America, all across the world during this pandemic. So if we were to take it as a negative sense, yes, we have a lot of problems. This pandemic is uh, overtaking us in many ways. But if we take it in a positive sense, our family is only growing. So we are blessed by the grace of Allah that, you know, This pandemic has come across us, yes, we are going to deal with this, we are going to get through this, but we have to be positive throughout its course. Um, We have to understand that in a time like this, when we are in isolation, uh, this is the best moment to build that relationship. When when we see that, when one wants to meditate, he always likes, or he or she always likes to meditate in a secluded place, in a secluded uh, environment. So once we are in this quarantine, we are in this curfew times, God has enabled us to take full advantage of this. So this is how exactly we in the Cayman Islands are right now taking full advantage of the situation and fasting in this holy month of Ramadan. I would want to add to this that uh, along with this, many of our community members are volunteering with the government. So the government had approached us and they asked for volunteers to volunteer as frontline workers for this national COVID-19 response. So members from our community are working with the nurses who are setting up uh, clinics to start testing everyone on the island. So this Ramadan is a different Ramadan in this way as well that members, myself included, are going to help the frontline workers while we are fasting and while we are also praying for our country, our nation, we are also serving the same nation we live in. So, this is another teaching of Islam that Muslims of our community in the Cayman Islands are upholding to and showing by and leading by example. So, inshallah, we pray that Allah Ta'ala blesses the world and lifts this burden of coronavirus and He accepts our prayers and our supplications during this blessed month of Ramadan.
1: Thank you very much, Imam Tahir, and also for the, um, you know, uh, brief information you've given us regarding um, your activities in Cayman Island. And it's it's, it's a true reflection of the activities of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community across the world that in times of danger and in times of crisis, this community has always been at the forefront in, you know, helping to alleviate the hardships of um, humanity in general. Um, But um, to, to begin, to set the ball rolling and particularly going into our discussion, In the Holy Quran, chapter number 2, verse 184, and if I quote 184, I add the word Bismillah. I mean, um, as complete, you know, verse. In some Muslim um, Quranic books, they don't add the Bismillah, so that will be 183. But in this verse, Allah the Almighty has clearly stated that O ye who believe fasting is prescribed for you as it was prescribed for those before you, so that you may um become righteous this is what the holy quran says and it is obvious that other religions also had some form of fasting in them can you take us through the various forms of fasting that per the reading we have done uh, through the various scriptures exist focusing on christianity and judaism the two abrahamic uh, religions besides islam
0: yes uh definitely uh when we uh, look at the term abrahamic religions uh what we're referring to is judaism christianity and islam and the reason why they're abrahamic religions is because we are one way connected to prophet abraham sure. we know that the jewish brothers and sisters and the christians brothers and sisters are from the lineage of the the son of abraham isaac and the muslims are lined uh, or they follow all the way up to the, uh, the son ishmael prophet ishmael sure. so these are the two lineages, the two sons prophet isaac and private prophet ishmael who are the sons of abraham so generally speaking we are all brothers and sisters in one way or another so when we come to our teachings in our scriptures we find in our scriptures many teachings about fasting now in islam i know we've already covered this topic in great detail, uh, Imam Saab Tariq uh, Azim has uh, talked about how Islam uh, prescribes fasting in all its details in relation to that. What I want to touch about right now is uh, how fasting is found in the Judaism and how fasting is found in Christianity. So when we look in the Bible, we find a reference to fasting in the Old Testament as well as the New Testament. When we look at the Old Testament, we find that prophet Moses fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. And once we look in the uh, the book of Exodus, chapter 34, verse 28, we find reference to this. And when we look in the New Testament, we find uh, that Jesus Christ, uh, he also fasted for 40 days and 40 nights in the desert. Uh, This is in reference to Matthew uh, chapter 4 verse 2 and as well as luke chapter 4 and 2. we find a reference to prophet david in the bible as well that he practiced fasting for humbling his soul and we find this reference in psalms chapter uh, 35 verse 13. now we have to understand all across the spectrum all three religions they emphasize the whole purpose of fasting generally They, sure. they talk about how the situation is for the poor and the needy. And it, it is also important for motivation. For, this is also the motivation for fasting. In fact, all these faiths across the board, fasting is mentioned hand in hand with prayer and almsgiving. So fasting is the door to show mercy and showing mercy to others is the path to receive mercy from God. So when we when we when we when we focus just on Judaism, uh, we find that in our in in, our, in, in, our, in Judaism, our Jewish brothers and sisters, they unlike the Muslims who fast for a month out of the year that are prescribed, the Jewish brothers and sisters are prescribed to fast typically for six days out of their year, okay. and uh, so we know that in Islam we fast from sunrise to sunset, and that kind of it typically also applies. To our Jewish brothers and sisters, uh, along with uh, not eating or not drinking and praying, they, they are also have some more details in relation to their fasts. They have the five physical activities that are forbidden on their fasts, which are eating, drinking, marital relations, which is all same for us as Muslims, and then also washing, wearing leather shoes, and applying lotions. So this is something that. Uh, are, are, that is prescribed by the Jewish uh, doctrine that while they are fasting, these are some things they have to abstain from or things that they have not to do. So those six days that they fast, what are they? So usually these six days are those times in history that the Jewish people had to suffer some kind of uh, catastrophe or some kind of pain or some kind of suffering. So to commemorate those times of history, our Jewish brothers and sisters, what they do is they fast for those specific days. Now, what are those days? Those are the fast of Gedalia, the fast of the 10th of Tibet, the fast of the 17th of uh, Tammuz, and the fast of Esther. Uh, The other fast that they have, which are included in the 6th, is the fast of Bahab the Yom Kippur, and the fast of the firstborn on the day before Passover. So these are the six days that the Jewish uh, community fasts throughout the year. Unlike the month of Ramadan, they have a specific of six days, which are attached and ascribed to those days of history uh, where you know some difficulty or some kind of calamity befell sure. Sure. the Jewish community. Now we see the Jewish community, Why? what is the purpose of fasting? So they have uh, typically three reasons why they fast. So the first is the atonement of previous wrongdoings. So we find reference to this in Joel chapter 2, verse 12 to 13, where the scripture talks about fasting is a means to atone for the previous wrongdoings one has committed. The second purpose that the Jewish people... Uh, They observe fasting is is mourning. So they mourn the the pain and the suffering of their community in the history as has happened with their community. So, this is another way, uh, another reason, sorry, for why they fast. The third purpose they fast is to show of gratitude. So, the abstinence from basic needs, one realizes that his or her dependence on God and appreciates all the sustenance provided by God to his creation. So these are the three reasons or purposes why the Jewish community is prescribed to fast for those six prescribed days. Obviously, we, we know voluntary fast all across the board. If somebody wants to voluntary fast, that's always there. But these are those prescribed six days by the faith that, that our Jewish brothers and sisters observe these fasts.
1: That's, that's quite, quite interesting um, to you know uh, know that um, in the uh, Judaism uh, religion, fasting is also uh, prescribed. And this also confirms to what the Holy Quran is saying, that fasting is being prescribed for the Muslims just as it was prescribed for people before us. And we know that uh, these religions existed before um, Islam. Um, what about um, Christianity?
0: Uh, yes, in Christianity also, we, we, we also mention, as I mentioned before, that Jesus Christ has been recorded in the Bible, that when he was being tempted by the devil in the desert, he fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. So again, we have an example of a longer period in the life of Jesus Christ. But when we uh, we find different examples in the Bible as well in relation to fasting, one thing that our Christian brothers and sisters, they quote a lot is, in the book of Matthew chapter 17 verse 20. And it states that, so because Jesus says to them that if you have faith as the size of a mustard seed, you will be able to move mountains. And if you say to this mountain, move from here to there, it will move. So this is a quote that our brothers and sisters on many occasions use for, to show how powerful their scripture is. Sure. But sometimes what we lack to understand is that the next verse which is missing from most of the Bibles is verse number 21. And this verse is a very powerful verse as well as it ties to this topic. So the next verse says that those who, those who claim to do this or want or, or desire to move mountains, the prerequisite to do so is that you should pray. And observe fasts. So, I, I don't know why our Christian Buddhist sisters have in, uh, not included the next verse in some of their Bibles, but this is a very powerful verse as well, which shows that those who fast are very strong in faith and they're so strong that they're able to even move a mountain. So, this is another reference in the New Testament which shows how powerful fasting actually is and can make you. But moving forward, I wanted to kind of break down. So, in Christian Christianity, we find is that the different denominations have different variations of fasting. Yeah. So when we go towards the, for example, the Roman Catholics, um, they just reduce the intake of one full meal or two small meals. So this is their way of fasting. But according to uh, uh, according to today's regulations, there are two obligatory fasting days for Roman Catholics, which is Ash Wednesday and Good Friday. Uh, the Anglican Church as well, they have the same kind of uh, teaching inside their in their denominations, but their regulations are less specific. So they're not about one meal or two meals. They might fast, but they're not as, uh, as specific as our Roman Catholics are. Uh, uh, when we move further, we see that the Eastern Orthodox and the Greek Catholics, uh, their concept of fasting is when they fast for a period of time where they do not consume meat, dairy products, oil or any alcoholic beverages. So this is their version of when they fast. Uh, In the United Methodists, they fast from sundown to sundown on Mondays, Tuesdays and Thursdays to Fridays. So Mondays to Tuesdays and Thursdays to Fridays. In the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, Uh, fasting is the total abstinence of food and drink including water and they do this on the first Sundays of each month and this specific day is called uh, fast Sunday so we see that throughout Christianity it depends on the variations of the denominations so if you belong to a specific denomination you you might have a specific way of offering a fast uh, offering your fast I had my I just wanted to kind of touch on my friends when my, I have a lot of Christians friends who observe fast but they don't call it a fast they call it in the term of Lent and you know they, they don't typically let go of meals throughout the day or water but what am I from my experience and from what I know is that some of them choose to give up coffee for a whole day some choose to give up uh, uh, a chocolate for the whole day some choose to give up bread. So this concept of fasting in the different uh, uh, different faiths uh, is, is all for fulfilling a purpose of sacrifice. That we are sacrificing, we are giving up something for the pleasure uh, of God to attain His blessings. That maybe, you know what, if we give up something, uh, number one, we'll understand how the less fortunate are. And number two, we are giving up something for, for the sake of the pleasures of God, to show God and knock at His door that, you know what, I really love such and such thing which you have permitted me to do, but I am trying to do this and I'm sacrificing my desire to, uh, to, uh, to eat or to drink a specific thing. So I am coming to knock at your door and saying that, you know what, I have a prayer to forward at your door. Please accept this prayer. And I am, I, And this is the whole concept we find all across the three faiths, the Abrahamic faiths, about the concept of fasting, and sacrifice all across for the sake of pleasure and uh, sake of blessings of God.
1: Thank you. Thank you very much. And um, I must say uh, it was quite interesting and education you've taken us through. Particularly, um, you, you gave a re- you gave reference to um, a statement in the book of Matthew, chapter 17. And uh, that is the verse was... 21 which in most Bibles have been taken away but then that that has to do with um, a a, a situation that happened with the disciples of Jesus Christ may peace be upon him when um, some people brought a possessed you know person or a person afflicted with um, as they call the, the bad spirit evil spirit to the disciples for them to heal the person and they could not heal the person so Jesus Christ came and the person brought the, the child or the person who was possessed to Jesus Christ and he was able to heal, I mean, cure him. Then the disciples were astonished and asked him, why could you do it? Why could not do? And then Jesus Christ quoted the verse um, the 21, which in most cases has been taken from some of the Bibles, that how be it, this kind goes not, but um, with prayers and fasting. Thank you. Thank you very much. And um, uh, here I come to Imam Tariq. To also take us through the fasting in Buddhism and Hinduism.
2: Yes, Jazakallah, thank you for the opportunity. Um, we just heard um, fasting in Judaism as well as in Christianity. Sure, sure. Uh, one thing, I mean, I would just like to make a disclaimer that in Islam, we have uh, a uniform method of fasting. So Muslims across the globe fast during the month of Ramadan uh, wherever they are with you know whatever denomination they belong to more or less the time period and uh, everything remains the same Uh, but with most other religions it is not this uniform so it is possible that uh, some someone might have observed or seen uh, a follower of a particular religion uh, fasting in a different method than what we are mentioning here so what we um, what I am mentioning or what my colleague has mentioned it is basically uh, what is generally practiced in uh, more, com- more common uh, denominations of their given respective faiths, so going back to Buddhism, yeah. uh, we look at uh, the history of Buddhism and we find that the founder of Buddhism, uh, whom we refer to as prophet Buddha, Buddha yeah. upon him, uh, we see that he himself observed fasting. He himself, uh, you know, uh, once he realized that there is a need, there is suffering in this life and there is a need to connect to God Almighty because that is the only way to uh, remove this suffering from our life, that we connect with God Almighty. So in pursuit of God Almighty, he observed fasting and he, he knew, he understood this concept that there is a spiritual benefit of fasting. So, For this reason, he took upon fasting, but he was not sure in the beginning that how should he observe it. So we we, we hear about him observing fast. Sometimes he would not eat anything for a whole week. So he would be taking something small every week. In other cases he tried, uh, he would eat something every day, just one small fruit every day. And for 24 hours he won't eat anything until the next day at the same time. And then we also find references which state that he would only eat a grain of rice or a few grains of rice every day or every now and then. So you know, these are all different uh, measures that he, it seems like that he adopted, knowing that, uh, you know, fasting is necessary for uh, spiritual enlightenment, but he was trying to strike the right balance at this time. And um, I mean, he, for this reason, he himself later uh, basically uh, said, which I will quote from, uh, from his words, uh, he said that because of eating so little, my ribs stuck out like the rafters of an old hut. My eyes sunk into their sockets, and their gleam looked like the gleam on the water in a deep well. My stomach touched my backbone, so that when I tried to touch my stomach, I got my backbone. And when I touched my backbone, I got my stomach all because I ate so little. So this is the extreme measure that he was taking while observing fasting, that he was eating almost next to nothing for days, and, uh, and, and uh, trying to see that how it helps him uh, grow spiritually. But I find that uh, this is his experimentation and later he did find that right balance because later he is quoted as, say, as saying that I do not eat in the evening and thus am free from illness and affliction and enjoy health, strength and ease. So here we can see that um, he, uh, still con- you know, he continued to observe fasting. But as, um, you know, he became more enlightened, he understood what, uh, you know, uh, he had that connection with God Almighty established. He was guided by God Almighty. So he was then able to find uh, the right balance. Balance. And that's why when we look uh, throughout the teachings of Buddhism, you know, given in the scriptures, those are, uh, we see that there is a, you know, a great emphasis on moderation, on doing everything in, 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 in balance. So this is what we see in fasting as well, that initially he tried all these different extremes, but later he was able to find a balance and this is how he practiced fasting. And now today when we look at the followers of Buddhism, a majority of them, uh, those that observe fasting, what they do is that they eat before noon if they are observing fast for uh, a day or whichever period it is for the next day. So they will begin at noon and they will continue to fast until the sunrise next day. But during their fasting period now, they, uh, they just avoid eating anything. They can drink, however, uh, during their period while they're fasting, um, even water, f- fruit juices and other things like that. Just food is prohibited, but drinking of uh, any you know uh, healthy drink is allowed. And in some denominations, there are exceptions to the above rule as well, meaning oh, okay. that we know that they're allowed to drink water and other things healthy things but they're not allowed to eat but there are exceptions uh, in some cases if someone is uh unwell if there someone is ill they're allowed to take honey sugar oil and certain other uh basic things depending on their situation or the health condition so th- there is some flexibility in that regard but uh unlike islam uh they're you know they, they observe fast for longer than most places uh, where Muslims are living, but they do uh, uh, take drink. They're allowed to drink while they're fasting. They just are not allowed to eat anything, again, this, with some exceptions there. So that is uh, what I've learned about fasting in Buddhism. Buddhism, yeah. And, and some very good practices as well. I mean, the main purpose of showing or highlighting these teachings is that the Holy Quran tells us that fasting was prescribed in religions before sure, Islam sure. as well. So we see that those religions, uh, especially in their foundation, uh, you find a sufficient reference that fasting had so much to do with spirituality. And that's why the founders and the early believers fasted. And even today, many of the followers continue to fast on different occasions, different times, uh, especially in, also in Buddhism. Um, and uh, they, they do uh, do it for the same purpose as mentioned in the Holy Quran, uh, that is spiritual benefits.
1: Thank you. But did you find anything about uh, Hinduism and fasting?
2: Yes, Hinduism also. Hinduism, Buddhism, Jainism, all these religions uh, come from uh, you know closer proximity, that is the subcontinent of India and around there. They originated there. So many of the practices among these religions are quite similar actually. But looking at uh, Hinduism, we see that uh, there are various days throughout the year that Hindus observe uh, fasting So unlike Islam Where mandatory fasting Is one particular month Based on the lunar calendar That is Ramadan In Hinduism It is uh, scattered over the year There are several periods Where Hindus observe fasting One of them is referred to as Purnima. Nima And this is basically when Hindus, observe, uh, when Hindus observe fasting On full moon So whenever there is a full moon That is every month okay. They observe fasting that is one of their, uh, you know, days that they observe fast. Another major day that the Hindus fast on is referred to as Ikadashi. That is the 11th of the moon that sure. is ascending and descending. So what that means is uh, before full moon and then after the full moon, once the moon starts to descend and reaches, you know, 11 days after the full moon, then they again observe fasting. So this is their uh, second um, Main uh, day of fasting that is beside the full moon, purnima and then the, in Hinduism, each day—Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and so on—is devoted to a particular deity, to a particular god or goddess in their faith. So, depending on you know the person that which god he wish wishes to uh, you know worship at that day or on a particular t- at a particular time. So he would fast on that particular day. It is mentioned that many women observe fasting on uh, on Monday because Monday is considered to be the day, uh, you know, where they, if they're fasting on that day, the goddess of, or the god of that day would help them find a suitable mate for uh, you know, or find a suitable husband for them. So this is again, uh, it depends person to person because of the days. Uh, each day has its own uh, spiritual. Uh, you know, importance so they can choose and fast on that particular day. Beside this, fasting is also observed in Hinduism on festivals such as Shivratri or Karvachaut or Navratri. Uh, Navratri is basically a festi- is a festival where people fast for nine days. It is actually one of the uh, lengthier periods in compared okay. to other uh, other um, you know festivals or other days in Hinduism. And during that period, if somebody chooses to fast, majority, mostly they will avoid eating anything. So they will only uh, be taking you know, water or drink uh, and they will av- avoid uh, food of any kind during that period. But that is generally fasting in Hinduism. Just like Buddhism, they're allowed to drink water or drink in between during that time, but they're not in between, yes, the period of fasting, but they're not allowed to eat anything. But then again, uh, it depends person to person, just like our, uh, the missionary uh, Tahir Sahib mentioned that uh, in, uh, in other religions, in Christianity as well, people choose to abstain from certain things. So uh, in Hinduism, generally, people, are, uh, people do not eat meat. But of course, some people, uh, depending on their preference, they might be eating meat. So while they're observing fa- uh, you know, this, their, their period of fasting, what they will do is that they, they will say that for the next nine days or three days, i will not eat any consume any meat somebody who is already a vegetarian based on their religious uh, you know dietary plan religious uh, instructions on eating then sure. that person might uh, say that i will not eat any wheat or rice or barley or any of these kind of things yet you know they will have fruits and different things like that so it really depends person to person uh, and they make their choice uh, you know depending on their habits that what would suit them But the concept, the purpose of fasting is very similar to Islam. They also believe that it is an instrument for self-discipline so that they can be ready for hardships in their lives. Sure. And uh, I I, I feel that, and then then they also say that uh, Hindus believe that when stomach is full, the mind begins to sleep and wisdom becomes mute.
1: That is quite quite I feel that this is very similar to Islam.
2: Yeah, we exactly so in islam we see that we are told to observe fasting for 30 days in the beginning we might find it difficult first few days might be difficult but as we go on our body adjusts and when the last 10 days of ramadan come we feel that we are in a complete different spiritual world from you know the beginning of the month so we see that in all these various religions including uh, hinduism and buddhism uh, the emphasis on fasting is for a uh, similar reason, as mentioned in Islam, that is to improve our spirituality. Uh, it is to restrict one type of food, physical type of food, and, uh, you know, uh, basically embark on a spiritual journey where we take spiritual food uh, inside of us.
1: Thank you very much, um, gentlemen, Imam Tariq and Imam uh, Tahir, who join us over the phone. Um, I would, you know, let you espouse more on one claim in the Holy Quran in the Holy Quran um, chapter number two, actually subsequent verses from the one I gave earlier um, Allah the Almighty continues by saying and fasting is good for you if you only knew to to verify this claim we should see some kind of um hurt I mean some kind of benefits that fasting has for mankind but before you i I mean I come to you to give me that answer. Um, to our listeners, if you have just joined us, you are listening to Voice of Islam, and in case you want to send in your question and question, I mean concerns, please do so by way of WhatsApp, and the number is eight seven six two eight three nine five three three. and if you just joined us, also, so you haven't missed anything, you can visit Voice of Islam Jamaica, where this program is going to be available in a couple of days, and also same as other previous um, episodes. The whole makes such a claim that fasting is good for you, if only you knew. Um, to verify this claim, do you have anything to show that um, physically, in terms of health benefits, fasting is quite good for us?
0: Thank you again, Jazakallah, for the next question. Um, before I go to the answer of this specific question, I want to touch base with something my colleague just mentioned. Yeah. Uh, you know, the month of Ramadan, when we fast for 30 odd days, it's like going to a gym. And as my colleague has mentioned that, you know, every week goes by, you see a transformation inside you and that spiritual uplift, that physical uplift or that change in your mindset, it gradually transforms over a period of 30 days. So this is kind of the philosophy of, of, the, of fasting or the month of Ramadan. Uh, When we look in the world, into our day-to-day life, when someone goes to the gym, you know, when New Year's comes, everyone has this resolution. I'm going to go hit the gym. I'm going to go work out every day now or four times, five times a week. And after a week or two weeks, everyone flops. What What happens is that people, they give up and they don't see a transformation in their physical body. So this is the whole concept of Ramadan. Ramadan is like a crash course. What it does, it teaches us that this is how you are supposed to be as a muslim you are supposed to be praying you are supposed to be taking care of the weak you are supposed to be helping the needy you are supposed to be not indulging in foods like you would or, like people are nowadays you're supposed to live a simple life so this in essence is that gym that we've entered for the 30 days which helps us maintain our body or our spirit for the rest of the 360 odd days that are left in the year. So when we come back to the concept of fasting in Islam, we see that, yes, there's a lot of spiritual benefits, but there's a lot of physical health benefits as well. Sure. So once, when someone is working out in the gym, he is fixing himself, he is repairing his body, he is becoming physically fit. Same is the case with the month of Ramadan. When we are fasting for 30 days, Not six days in a year, not one day a month, not whenever we feel like. But when we have a prescribed 30 days, we are putting ourselves in a boot camp. And that boot camp is going to change us and make us different from the state we were originally in. So when we look at fasting, nowadays it's, it's, it's like a fashion. It's a fad. Everyone is doing it. It's called intermittent fasting we see all the top uh, headlines of of all the health magazines saying intermittent fasting is the new way. Intermittent fasting is the new way to become fit, is the new way to burn fat. It's the new way to be healthy. And Islam, in essence, has taught this 1,400 years ago that if you can do this for 30 days, you can do this throughout the year as well. So a lot of physical a lot of spiritual benefits of this and i am in nowhere claiming to be a doctor here so i'm just going to present some research i found online onto some of the benefits the physical benefits of fasting so i've come across a, a nice article that i searched online and it provides eight physical benefits of fasting number one it promotes blood sugar control by reducing insulin resistance so intermittent fasting this specific fasting and alternate day fasting is what could help decrease blood sugar levels and reduce insulin resistance by, by, by the same effect in men and women. Okay. Number two, they say that it promotes better health by fighting inflammation. And this can also fight back multiple sclerosis. So these are like some big, big, high, strong uh, issues people f- face with. And if you fast... You can fight back these inflammations, uh, these diseases, these problems that your body is already fighting with, and fasting just gives you that that your immune system a bigger uh, a bigger kickback, as as uh, uh, as you can say. Number three, uh, it may enhance heart health by improving blood pressure, so your triglycerides and your cholesterol levels become balanced. Number four, it boosts brain function and prevents neurological disorders number five it aids or helps in weight loss by limiting calorie intake and boosting metabolism this is straightforward the less you eat the less intake of your calorie the more your body is forced to burn your reserve fats which is a win-win situation for everyone Uh, another point they come across is that it increases growth hormone secretion which is vital for growth metabolism weight loss and muscle strength so these are no, this is another benefits of fasting. Uh, num- another Number seven is it could delay aging and extend longevity. So the study says that uh, in animal studies, they have found that fasting delays the aging process and increases longevity. So this is something interesting that you can, uh, if someone has the interest to go online and kind of go into depth and study what physical benefits there are. Uh, Number eight in this uh, list says that it helps in cancer prevention and increases the effects of chemotherapy. So along with this stuff, these eight things I found online, which are, you know, everyone is affected in some way or form with these things. If it's not an illness, God forbid, you know, sometimes we're overweight, sometimes we're obese. All of us want to shed some weight or we want to gain some muscle. So all these benefits are all surrounded with this fasting. Now, one point I wanted to touch upon is yes, we have physical health. Uh, We have the spiritual health, which will be covered by my colleague, uh, Imam Tariq Azeem Sahib. But I wanted to touch about the mental health as well. Because mental health is very important nowadays. You know, a lot of people are raising this issue okay, you can be physically fit. But if you're mentally not fit, there's no point of being physically fit. So, what we see in some studies, they say that fasting improves alertness, it improves your mood, and it gives you a a positive vibe overall and it fights back the whole mood or feeling of depression. So these are some of the things I found online which I wanted to share with the viewers today that you know what, fasting in general helps with not just your spiritual development, it also helps with your physical development with all the things I've listed above uh, and hopefully this, this encourages Someone to get up and start fasting and try it out and see how us Muslims are fasting throughout the month.
1: That's that's quite interesting and thank you very much. And um, you know, as you said, there are quite of quite a number of research, um, you know, materials that have been published about fasting and the health benefits. And I was actually doing um, a quick research um, for a program that I will be um, doing later in the evening. Online program um, to to educate our members on the spiritual and also the health benefits. And I also found quite similar information, uh, which was published by Chris Garners a CEO of um, CEO and founder of Authority Nutrition, uh, which was published in April 2016. And it outlines most of the things you have said. So um, there is a unanimity in the conclusion that. Fasting actually has a health benefit for, for, you know, the human body and not only the the spiritual aspect. Thank you very much. Um, Imam Tariq, I remember very well last week we touched on the spiritual benefits, but then we didn't go into details. Can you take us through in details what the spiritual benefits are, you know, when a person observes fasting?
2: Yes, absolutely. Uh, we can definitely look at that uh, again. Uh, as you mentioned, we did touch upon that last week as well. Sure. Um, I will limit myself to three benefits. And those are the benefits. Through those benefits, we are able to achieve many other uh, you know, uh, things in our life. So number one is self-discipline. By fasting, we are able to attain self-discipline you know for example uh, people have uh, some people have a habit of eating excessively that they eat and eat and eat until without, their stomach is full without any so time cold.
1: without any limit any time you know exactly. food growth.
2: they eat to the point that w- they can't eat anything after that meaning they they've reached their limit so uh, fasting actually helps us understand once we start observing fasting that we uh, you know we need very little to survive on we need very little generally to eat, because see, me, you, most of us here observe fasting, and we know that when you, know, when you have fasted for 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 hours a day, at the end of the day, regardless of how hungry you are, you won't be able to eat much. You will eat a little, and you will feel you know, already that, oh, I've eaten enough. That's just how our body functions. So at that point, you realize that in actuality, this is all that you really needed. So all that extra that you eat at other times is just out of uh, either bad habit or just, you know, out of desire. So this, uh, the month of Ramadan, teaches us that we actually need very little. This is self-discipline that we uh, acquire through uh, through fasting. Beside this, some people, uh, many of us, you know, have the bad habit of snacking throughout the day. We keep opening our fridge or just, you know, the uh, cupboards in the kitchen to see what is there that I can Eat so this restricts us from that habit also, so that we eat at particular times and we do not just keep you know munching and eating throughout the day. And um, as as we know, as we discussed last week, that food and relationship with one's spouse, both of these things are forbidden for a Muslim while he is fasting. So you know these are lawful things which God has made lawful that sure. you are allowed to eat. You're allowed to have relationship with your spouse, uh, physical relations with your spouse. But at the same time, while we're fasting, we let go of these things. So this uh, enables us to understand that if we can stay away for lawful, uh, from lawful things for the sake and for the pleasure of Allah the Almighty, then we can stay away from those other things that God has actually made unlawful, such as, you know...
1: Um, in- backbiting and and do that's quite quite interesting point
2: absolutely absolutely and then again um you know when we observe fasting for 30 days straight we are able to um you know our minds become convinced that we can do anything so this happens this is self discipline that we acquire through fasting and that's what i'm saying that these benefits uh, then can help us in many other aspects many other spheres of our lives And, uh, you know, while we are fasting as Muslims, uh, people are not allowed to smoke either. So smoking cigarettes and things, it's it's not, uh, you know, liked in the religion of Islam. But at the same time, uh, there is no forbidden, uh, there's no statement that is forbidding it that we find in the Holy Quran. So for that reason, some people do smoke. So while they're fasting, they do not smoke. So what happens is that this teaches them, this helps them, overcome there if they are truly sincere if they want to benefit from this habit from this practice of fasting they can actually try and get rid of their addiction as well uh, that they have of smoking cigarettes uh, and you know it applies to many other types of addictions as well next type of spiritual benefit that i will talk about is sympathy by starving ourselves we remind ourselves of the hunger of the millions of other people across the globe sure. that go hungry without choice. We do it, we practice fasting with choice yes. for spiritual and physical benefits, but those other people, they do it entirely you know, because they don't have a choice. So it reminds us. And uh, similarly, there are many parts of the world where they don't have running water. People have to travel uh, you know, for kilometers or miles to get uh, some water for their house. So in those kind of places, thirst is very common for us, for most of us. You know, whenever we are thirsty, we, we are able to quench our thirst very quickly. So this month of Ramadan reminds us of those people who go through thirst on a very regular basis. So what happens when we uh, starve ourselves or cause ourselves to become thirsty? Um, we, we are able to sympathize with those people. And through sympathy, it, is, you know, it leads us to charity. That's why we notice that Muslims during the month of Ramadan, the month of fasting, they become more charitable than other periods. The Holy Prophet, so Muhammad peace so. be upon him, we found we find about about him that he was charitable all the time. But regarding the month of Ramadan, we find that he used to. It is mentioned that you know his charity used to become like tornado, like fast, blowing wind. That you know whenever he would have something, he would give it in the cause of, uh, you know, for the sake of humanity. So this is the second benefit that we, uh, that we draw from uh, fasting, which helps us, again, both of these this self-discipline and sympathy help us get closer uh, to our spiritual goal, that is to become nearer to Allah the Almighty. And that is my third, uh, you know, uh, point that I was going to mention under spiritual benefits, that it helps us attain taqwa, Taqwa in other terms can be explained as love of God. It is nearness of God. It is becoming one with God. That is what taqwa is. And you know that's why we see that Prophet Jesus, peace be upon him, he fasted. That is the reason that Prophet Moses, peace be upon him, fasted. That's why Prophet Buddha, I spoke about him earlier, he fasted. That's why Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, fasted. Cool. And that is why the Muslims today fast as well. So health and other Uh, reasons, other things, the secondary reasons. The love of God and the nearness of God are the primary reasons. The prophet of Islam, Holy Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, he explains that God Almighty has said that all good deeds that a person does, those deeds are for his own benefit, for his own spiritual and physical benefits. God Almighty says that the fasting that a person, when a believer fasts, I become the reward for that so what that means is that when we observe fasting allah the almighty comes near us much quicker than through other forms of worship that we uh, that we uh, you know that we fulfill or practice sure. uh, at other times so and lastly i mean our mind can concentrate concentrate better while we are fasting our mind is less occupied with worldly things less occupied with our uh, basic necessities and we are more focused on pleasing our God Almighty. We're more focused on uh, on becoming one and friends with God Almighty. But in all these things, I mean, Islam wants us to adopt the course of moderation. Islam teaches us moderation in all regards, not just yeah. fasting, but also in fasting. So it, it, Islam does not want us to, you know, starve ourselves to death, but it wants us to learn moderation, a balanced lifestyle. So we uh, we we understand how to uh, you know, uh, live our life in a balanced man- manner during the month of Ramadan. and then we apply it to the rest of the year also, meaning to our lives generally uh, and we, we try to become balanced and uh, you know moderate in our all our matches. So this is uh, the spiritual aspect of fasting in Islam.
1: Thank you. Thank you very much, gentlemen, uh, for your time on Voice of Islam. Uh, But, um, you know, wrapping it up and centering my conclusion, uh, remark on um, what you just said. Actually, as we have known, there are various forms of fasting in other uh, religions. But then the one Islam presents... You know, appeals to the human conscience in terms of the way you use moderation, because there are some forms of fasting where people try. You know, they fast without eating for a number of days, and some of them, you know, they they, they, they instead of having benefits, they actually do more harm to their bodies. And that's why, if you study across the scientific, you know, uh, sphere of publication, they concentrate and they center their Um, publications on intermittent fasting that is and they describe intermittent fasting actually as eating patterns where you cycle between periods of eating and also fasting so there's a specific time to eat and also there's a specific time to fast but then there should be some kind of you know reasonable amount of time in between them so the the option islam provides is quite different from the extreme option where people would fast continuously without eating anything and it's also different from the practice where people will fast and be eating in between anything i mean fruits and other drinks as as we learn from i mean our, our scholars so islam gives us the option that before we start the fast at dawn we take what we call the pre-dawn meal and between that time Considering the Jamaican time that we have now is around 4.30 a.m., that is where the fasting begins. So whatever you might eat, you might have finished eating before 4.30 a.m. And then that stays with you up until 6.30 p.m. And that is what um, could be described as the intermittent fasting, which scientists agree that has health benefit for us. Thank you very much gentlemen for your time on Voice of Islam today and also to my listeners thank you very much for always being part of Voice of Islam without you Voice of Islam wouldn't be the program it is but in case you missed any part of the program please visit voiceofislamjamaica.com and you would have this program available and also our previous episodes until we come your way next time with another interesting episode from the Ahmedia Muslim community, it is love for all, hatred for none, and Assalamu alaikum
3: warahmatullahi wa Slay sell